morning again. How's everyone? If you have your Bibles, if you can take, the, take them out and turn to Revelation chapter 1, I'd appreciate that. Last week we started a series called Do Not Be Afraid, and the caveat after that was Alive Forever. Do not be afraid. And people are afraid of a lot of things, aren't they? And another word for being afraid is, is fear. Fear is all around us. There's so many things that we are fearful in life, right? Uh, oftentimes it can be crippling. Often to the oftentimes to the point where it causes us great grief. My mom has a great fear of snakes. Such a great fear of snakes that she can't even watch them on TV, believe it or not. She sees them on TV, it just terror and, and just fear. She's just fear, filled with fear at that time. And all she wants to do and all she has in her mind, I gotta get away from this. Even on TV, I gotta get in the other room, I gotta get away outside, she wants me to go outside if she knows there's a snake. I gotta get away from this. And, and that's what fear can do to us many times cause great fear in our hearts and minds, sometimes to the point of regret. And, and sometimes it paralyzes us when we can't make the decisions that we normally can make, right? It, it cripples the decision-making process that we're normally able to get right through and make those good decisions, but we can't. But when fear is in the mix, it changes everything. It can change our relationships. It changes our tempo of life. It can change how we operate in life, too, the, uh, fear. Uh, I believe we as we encounter fear in our day-to-day -day lives, what ends up happening, we handle fear one of two ways. We either try to deny the reality of our fears, and we say, oh, I'm not fearful, there's no fear. We ignore it, we deny it, we look the other way. Or we grow to realize just how much there is the fear out there in the world, right? And where we get to the point where we're more and more fearful, and the fear grows in our lives, it happens in our lives, we're afraid. We're afraid to move, it scares us. Because we're afraid to move, afraid something's going to happen because we're living in that fear. The big idea I want to share with you this morning, that as fear comes, the compassion of Jesus removes all fear. The compassion of Jesus. And here's what I believe about fear. The security in Christ is not the absence of conflict, rather it's the peace in the midst of that conflict. Or it's the security in Christ is not the absence of fear, but during that fear, we can have the peace of God during that fear, right? That's what God promises us. If you have your Bibles, turn to Revelation chapter 1, the last book of the Bible. Last week, we looked at verses 12 through 16. And in those verses, we saw an amazing vision that John has that he sees Jesus, a painted, beautiful picture of, of Jesus painted there. And, and John sees this, and Jesus in all of his glory and all of his holiness. And we see that John sees this vision, and he's afraid. He's afraid. He's filled with fear, what he sees there. And we're not going to talk about fear, fear of the Lord. We talked about that last week. But today, we're going to talk about through Christ and the power of Christ, how to deal with that fear in our own lives, right? How we deal with that. And what I want to do in Revelation chapter 1, verse 17, Jesus says, do not be afraid. But we still have those earthly fears, if we're honest with this. We still have fears in our lives, don't, don't we? So if you have your outlines, if you take those out, I want to give you three ways you can deal with your fear. Three ways. And the first one is Jesus enters in your life. It's a great way to deal with it. It's really the only way. If Jesus enters into your life, that through Jesus, as he enters into your life, the reality is, when we understand that, that everything's going to be okay, right? Once he enters into our life, everything's going to be okay. And that's what he's saying here in, in verse 17. If we look at the beginning of verse 17, John says, when I saw him, when I saw Jesus, I fell at his feet as though dead. When I think it's someone falling down as dead. I don't know about you, but I think if they're standing there, they're going to first fall to their knees, and they're going to fall flat on their face. And that's what happens with John. 
He sees this picture, his response, when he sees the glory of Jesus. He says, I fall down as though dead. Flat on my face, I fell. Uh, I, I'm not sure he knew what else to do other than fall down before Jesus. What am I supposed to do here? He says, I, I'm overwhelmed what I see here, and he falls down. As John falls down, he is awestruck. He's overwhelmed, and then Jesus enters into it. Jesus is there. I want you to notice that, that Jesus is right there. And oftentimes as we're going through things in our life, we think we're all alone. But Jesus enters it. If you know Christ is your Savior, Jesus enters into that with you. And he's right there with you. Every step of the way, he's there with you. In, in Isaiah chapter 6, it says, where it says God is on his throne. He's high and lifted up in all of his glory. From John chapter 12, we know that was Jesus. That he was high and on his throne. And when Isaiah saw that, he says, Woe to me, I am ruined. I'm a man of unclean lips. He says, I'm undone. I'm going to die because I've seen the glory of God. That was his response when he saw God in all his glory. I think of fear in the Lord. I thought of another one this week in Luke chapter 8, verse 22 through 25. <clears throat> Remember when the disciples were on the boat with Jesus and they're going across the, the lake and Jesus falls asleep and then a storm comes and the waves start crashing against the boat to finally water's coming over the side of the boat, inside of the, in, inside of the boat. And the disciples think the boat's going to sink, it's going to crash. And they're so filled with fear, so they wake Jesus up. And Jesus enters into their fear. That's what we see here. He calms the wind and the waves for them. But Jesus responds to his disciples after he calms the storm. He says, he says where is your faith? Where is your faith? And then the Bible says, in a fear and amazement, they ask one another. Here's what they said. Who is this? He commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. When you examine the picture... The disciples were afraid of the storm that was taking place, thought they were going to lose their lives. And Jesus calms the storm, and now they're even more afraid of what's happening. They're even more afraid than the storm. They say, who is this? He's not like us. He's not from this world. He's in a different category. No one can do what he just did. We've never seen anything like this. And they're kind of overwhelmed what they just saw of Jesus because they're afraid of the power of God. They're afraid of the power of Jesus, his reverence, his holiness, and of his power, what he was able to do. They're afraid of that. Theologians have, 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 have often talked about two different concepts of God. You've heard me talk about this before if you've been here for a while. God is transcendent. Transcendence is beyond our normal capacity to understand or beyond our normal capacity for you and I to, to comprehend. Yeah, that God is so big, that God is so far removed from everything. He's so big, he's up there, so far removed, that God created everything, the Bible says, by his powerful word. He created this earth by just speaking words out of nothing. He's created the, created the stars in heaven out of nothing, the Bible says, just by speaking. That's the power of God. And God is this transcendent God. And to focus on the transcendence, transcendence of God, we understand his holiness. We understand his greatness. We understand his power and his strength. But perhaps we don't come to the conclusion that God loves us and God cares about us and he knows us, that he can calm our fear or that he even cares about our fear, right? We don't understand it by looking at this big, powerful God, a transcendent God. There's another concept of God that the theologians talk about, that God is imminent. God is close. He's with us. He wants to have a personal relationship with us. He's able to enter and be close to us and be that imminent to us. Yet he's so powerful. God is both transcendent, great and mighty and powerful and far removed from us, but he's also a close God. 
And here in this passage, in Revelation chapter 1, verse 17, it shows us that. Let's read it again. It says, verse 17, when I saw him, John says, when I saw Jesus, I fell at his feet as though dead. Then he placed his right hand on me. It gives us a picture of God being close. Jesus is God. It gives us a picture of God being close. You see how Jesus enters our fear right through here. That Jesus said, John, I understand you're, you're, you're filled with fear because you're seeing me in all of my glory and all of my holiness and you're gripped with fear. But he says, I'm right here with you. And I'm entering this with you right now, John. I'm right here. Don't be afraid because I'm right here. We see the closeness of God. We see it by him actually placing his hand up on John right there, the closest of God. That God is near. He's near, and he cares about us. Jesus' voice and words spoke so powerfully to John, where he tells John, he says, John, I know you're afraid, and I know you're experiencing this fear in your life. And he stops and says to John, do not be afraid. In other words, I'm right here, John. I'm right here with you to help you through your time of need. What a beautiful wee picture that we get that God enters into our lives. And that's what he does for each and one, every one of us. Not only John, but he does that for us. I'm right here with you to enter into your fear, to enter into your life right now. What we've seen this picture before, <clears throat> in Mark chapter 1, we see Jesus encountered this man that was filled with fear because he had leprosy. And leprosy was a skin disease, highly contagious disease, that when people with leprosy would come through the, at that time, when they would come, people would run away from them. I mean, literally, they could clear a room. And they'd have to say, hey, I have a leopard, I'm unclean, I'm unclean. And people would run from them, and everyone ran from them. We see here in Mark chapter 1, verse 40 and 41, it says, A man with leprosy came to Jesus, came to him, and begged him on his knees, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Filled with compassion, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I'm willing, he said, be clean. Jesus enters into this man's problem and says, I'm right here with you. I'm right here. And he touched him. While everyone else was running from this man because they didn't want to get the disease, they didn't want to get what he had, Jesus not only comes close to the man, but he actually touches him. He enters into the man's problem right there. He says, I'm powerful enough to heal you with my words, but he said, I want to enter into your problem with you. I want to come and help you right where you're at. And he touches the man, shows you the closeness of God, the intimacy of God that he has with you and I here on this earth, that he loves us and he cares about us. And he demonstrates it by touching this man with leprosy. Sometimes Jesus spoke and he calms the storm. Other times he reaches out and he touches us. And we see that often in scripture. He says, I'm right here. I'm entering into your problem. I'm entering into your fear. I'm entering into your difficult circumstance, whatever that might be. And that's what Jesus does. This is a pattern that we see. It happens over and over again in scripture. We, we, we see this, whether there's sickness with the leprosy, the storm with the disciples, or at John here, Revelation chapter 1, they go to Jesus, they're humble in coming to Christ, kneeling down or falling face down on their face. As they're kneeling down, they're expressing words of faith. They have to. They're understanding who he is. They're falling down and asking him to calm our fear by helping us in our time of need, and they're asking him to do that. And Jesus does, and he enters into it with them. He doesn't walk away, but he actually enters into it with them in their own lives. And this is a great picture for you and I to, to see this, to understand this. Where as we're going through our difficulties, whatever it might be, whatever uh, fear might enter our lives, that Jesus enters into it with us. And he can and he will help us in our fears, 
in her difficulties of whatever it is. Just like he did with John, just like he did with the disciples, just like he did with the leper. He entered into it with them, and he touches them, and he helps them, and he can do that for us too. The second way you can deal with your fear is understand Jesus is what you need, is what you need in our fears. Let's read verse 17 and 18. He says to John, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead, and behold, I am alive forever and ever. Jesus says, I'm the first and the last. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last letter of the Greek alphabet. What he's saying, I'm the all-sufficient eternal one. You need to know who I am. They're the one who was speaking to you. I'm the all-sufficient eternal one. He's saying, in your fear, I want to remind you of who I am. He says, because I am enough to help you overcome your fears. And, and, and Jesus says, I am the eternal one. I've always been. I always have existed. And I always will be here. So you can count on me. Can you imagine that? I'm never going away. I always will be here. I've never had a beginning. I'm never going to have an end. So you can count on me. I'm in it with you. And if I'm, and if I'm in it with you, I want to remind you, I am exactly what you to understand that, I mean, to think about this, we have God who created everything with this powerful word, Jesus. The Bible tells us that. In many places, Colossians chapter 1, it tells us in other places, he created everything with this powerful words. We see this. We have an eternal God, Jesus, who says, I'm there with you with unlimited power, unlimited resources, unlimited knowledge, knows everything about us, everything about our situation. We have him with us. Who else do we need, right? Who else can do anything more for us than him? He says, I'm what you need. Jesus said, I, I was dead. And behold, he says, I'm alive again. Sometimes we forget, forget about the resurrection power. And as we're approaching Easter, we need to remember the grave, that it wasn't powerful enough to hold Jesus in the grave, that Jesus conquered death and sin there at the cross is what he did. And because of this, he says, I am all that you need. You don't need anything else. I'm what you need in your circumstance. I'm powerful enough to help you overcome any circumstance that comes in your life. See, in the resurrection, Jesus, Jesus conquered death, sin, and Satan, our enemies. Those three are enemies. And he has overcome them. And when we truly understand that, what he accomplished here, or what he did for us, and the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we can step back in our fear and say, Jesus, you're what I need and all that I need in every moment of my life. When I'm going through my difficulties, when I'm kind of down and depressed, you're what I need. When I have difficult circumstance and I have to make good decisions, you're what I need. If I'm not feeling well, you're what I need because you have the power to heal me. You give me wisdom. Lord, whatever I'm doing, if I have trouble on my job, you can guide and direct me. If I need wisdom, you can give that to me to guide and direct me. You are what I need. There is no one like you. And you're all that I need is what he says. I know the simplicity of that. They hear that to say, oh, he's just what I need. But it is. It's so easy to breeze by that, but it's the truth. It's the absolute truth. He will help you to overcome any situation that you're in. He can do that for you because he has the strength. He has the power. He has the wisdom. He has the knowledge, all that. Because if Jesus can conquer the cross and if Jesus can conquer the grave, he can definitely conquer your fear. He can definitely conquer your circumstance, no matter what it is. He can conquer that. He can help you with that and get you through that. We see this transcendent God who's high and lifted up, high and powerful and mighty, but also we see here his eminence is right there with us. Right there with us every step of the way. It makes it relevant, makes it real for you and I. 
Let's understand that. Then in her fear, that we can cling to Jesus. He understands her fear. He understands it. He's conquered it. He's overcome it. And, and through our fear that we can lean on Jesus, through our difficult circumstance, through our storms of life, that we can lean on Jesus. So let me ask you, what are you wrestling with today? What is it that you, you've got you kind of filled with fears? Your health? Maybe you have a medical test that you, you have, you're waiting on, you've got to take a medical test, or maybe it's a surgery, you don't know what's going to happen. Maybe you have a job that you don't know what's going to happen with this job. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe the things that's happened in the world's got you on edge. You think, boy, what's going to go on? You know, things in Ukraine and all over. Is there some part of your life that you're not surrendered to Jesus, you're not leaning on him? Let me ask, what part of your life is too much for Jesus to handle? Is, is there part? Do you think, I, I don't think Jesus can handle that in my life? Because that's the real question, right? Because many of us, for a lot of us, and, and that's a natural part of our lives, is fear, right? Fear. We have fear in our lives. If we're honest, there are things that we fear. The things we think of the worst things that can happen, and we fear those things. Maybe happen to our marriage, maybe happen to our children, to our job, or whatever it may happen, or, or whatever. We have those fears. And Jesus is saying this to you. I am all you need, I am what you need, and I will enter into it with you. I promise to be there every step of the way. Whatever you're going through, I'm there, and I'm never going to leave you. There's no place you can go that I can't be. I'm everywhere, so I'm right there with you. As Jesus enters into it with you, the third way you can deal with your fear is Jesus speaks directly into your fear. In Revelation chapter 1, uh, John gives us this beautiful picture as he sees Jesus and all of his holiness and all of his glory. What a magnificent picture. We went through that last week. If you weren't here last week, uh, go on our website. You can listen to last week's message. The, the beautiful picture that he has, eight descriptions of Jesus that he gives us, uh, of Jesus. And we, he sees this description. And, and, and as he enters that, he sees this. He's overwhelmed. And he falls down in his face as though dead. And, and Jesus puts his hand upon John and he says, do not be afraid. He's saying, by doing this, he says, let me speak truth into you, John, right now. Let me speak truth into you. And he says, I'm going to, it's going to be okay because I'm right here with you, John. You're not by yourself. I'm right here. And that makes all the difference in the world, right? <clears throat> to know that Jesus is with us, that we're not going through it alone. That as I'm going through that medical test or I'm going to have that surgery or I'm going in for that job or, or whatever circumstance I might be in, whatever difficulty, whatever fear I may face, to realize I'm not all alone. And Jesus is saying to you and I, just know I'm right there with you. Every step of the way. It makes all the difference in the world that I'm not relying on my ability, on my capacity, that I'm not going to get through, but I'm relying on his capacity, his ability, his power, his strength. It makes all the difference in the world, doesn't it? Because he's unlimited all those areas, and I'm not. I'm not. Jesus did the same with Mark with the leopard. He speaks into his life. Jesus goes to him and puts his hand on him. Then he says those powerful words, be clean. And he's clean. And he speaks into his life. I don't know what you're struggling with today, this morning, that you have going on in your life. I don't know what pain that you might have if it's physical or emotional. I don't know what kind of fear that you might have, you might be experiencing over and over and over in your life. I don't know what it is. But just as Jesus spoke into John's life and he says, do not be afraid, and he spoke into the man with leprosy's life and he says, be clean. Jesus said, whatever you're going through, whatever fear you have, whatever circumstance you're going through, let me speak into your life. And Jesus can speak into your life too, just like he did there. And maybe you say, well, how does Jesus speak into our lives? That's a great question. How does he, how can he speak into my life? 
through his word, we learn how God, can, how God can help us to overcome our fears and our circumstances is through the word of God. That we open this up and, and we read it, and as we respond to it, God helps us to overcome, right? Because in this word of God, we find out the great promises of God, and we cling and we lock onto those promises that God promises, and God cannot break one promise. Do you know that? All the promises that he gives us in this book, he cannot break. He will not break. And we read about this in this Bible. We read about God's nature and his character, because that's what he's revealing, who he is and who he is not. And we read about the nature and character of God, and we realize, man, God, all through these pages, man has failed you, but you've always been faithful. You've always been there through the storm. You've always helped them every step of the way they had to rely on you. They might have walked away from you, but you were right there when they turned and asked for your help. You were right there with them. You've been faithful. You've had the power to overcome no matter what came. No matter how big the, the problem seemed, it was armies. You were able to conquer them with just speaking your word. You were able to do all kinds of things. And we see his faithfulness. So we go to the word and we see that God is faithful. And maybe you hear this story in the healing of the man. I don't need a healing, or, but maybe you do. God either does one or two things. He either changes the situation by calming the storm, or he changes the perspective of the person. And God is great at doing that, changes our perspective. Getting your focus off of your fear and off of your circumstance, and he says this, like he said to John. He says, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I'm the living one. I was dead. Behold, I'm alive forever and ever. What I did on the cross, I've conquered death. I've conquered the grave. There are two biggest fears, death. I've conquered those. You don't have to worry. It, it, it fully trusted me, and Jesus speaks into it. And he changes our perspective by taking our focus off our fear, off our difficulty, off our storm. Because as long as we keep our focus on our storms, our difficulty, our fears, we'll continue to be filled with fear, won't we? And he says, I want you to take them off of those and place them upon him, on Jesus he says, place them upon my ability, my strength, my power, and upon my word, and upon my promises. And I promise to help you to get through whatever you're going through. That's his promise. To take our focus off ourselves, off our circumstances, but put it upon him is what he's asking us to do. We can trust him. We can trust him. And with the help of God, those fears can be wiped away. With the help of Jesus, all the fears that we have can be wiped away, right? I can't promise you today that if you're sick that God is going to heal you. I can't set up there. I'm not up here to tell you that, that God is going to heal you. In fact, Scripture says that in this life we're going to have troubles. It actually tells us that. We're going to have all kinds of difficulties. In fact, unless Jesus comes back one day, we're all going to pass from this life. One day we're all going to die. The Bible tells us that, unless he comes back. And Jesus doesn't promise we will not have any pain in this life. He doesn't promise it. He doesn't promise we will not have difficulties. He doesn't promise that this life is going to be simple. There will be no fears. He doesn't promise any of that. He doesn't promise that at all. But Jesus does give us is how to overcome and that we can trust him and overcome whatever we're going through. That's what he's saying. He says, even though you're going through these difficulties, these fears, and these storms in your life, he says, I'm not saying that you won't have them, but through them, as you trust me, I promise to get you through each and every one of them. You'll get to the other side of them. That's what he's promised. With his help, we can get through them. That's what he wants. See, when, when things happen, when fear comes, we need to cling toward God and run toward him and trust him and understand that it's all through Jesus, right? It's all through, not me, not that, well, I'm going to do my part. No, Jesus, I need you. I need you. I have to surrender to him and ask for his help, and he'll help me in my life. 
Now, I love talking about the birth of Christ, but, but I, Easter is even more important. I love talking about that even more because of the promises it represents. And all those promises are through Jesus, through Jesus, what he did. At times, Jesus will change the storm in your life. He'll calm it. And he demonstrates once again that he's God over the universe. And, and other times, he changes our perspective and shows us that, that he is Lord. And, and, and it's all through Jesus. And it's all through him. He changes our perspective. And we get our focus back right upon him, oriented on him. And see, everything's going to be okay because Jesus makes it okay, right? We're going to get through this. When he speaks into that fear in your life, whatever you're going through, the fear, the circumstance, the storm, and in my life, Jesus reminded John who he was. And who was he? He says, I'm God. He, he's God. And he says, I have this. And I want to remind you of who I am. And John, you have nothing to fear. And he's saying to you and I, you have nothing to fear because I'm in it with you. As I enter into this with you, you have nothing to fear. With the leper, John showed, um, Jesus showed him that he was strong enough, that he was powerful enough, and that he was in control of the situation. So you have nothing to fear. Be clean. Everything's going to be okay. Either way, and God speaks into your life. He speaks directly into our life. And he speaks into our life through the word of God. By you listening to it like this morning, and you're hearing the word of God being preached, or through your private time in the word of God, or through prayer, God speaks to us. We need to allow God to speak into our lives. And he wants to. He wants to. He wants to use this powerful word because this word is alive. It's living. And it's able to change us and give us the truth. It speaks the truth into our life. So let me ask you. What situation are you in today that you haven't fully trust Christ in? What situation is it? You said, I haven't really trusted him. What fear do you have? What ailment? What circumstance or difficulty that you're going through right now? We all have some. We all have some. Maybe you have multiple. What is the thing that you haven't relied on him for? We allow Jesus to speak into it this morning through his word, by listening to it this morning and read it on your own or through prayer. Allow him to speak into to your life. And maybe the thing that you came in this morning fearing, that maybe that storm or that difficulty you have on your mind, that before you leave here, that you would say, God, I, I want to surrender that to you this morning. That I want to give you what I've been going through. I can't handle it. That, God, I'm going to give it and let you deal with it. And I, I like the leper and I like John because they believed that Jesus was fully enough and that he had the power to change the situation. Do you believe that? Do you believe that Jesus is fully enough and he has the power to change the situation? We allow him to speak into your life this morning to give you guidance and direction and give you security and confidence to go through whatever he has for you. You know, <clears throat> it all starts with, though, you knowing Jesus Christ, your Savior. You can't say, I'm going to trust Jesus or, or God, I'm going to allow you to speak into my life till you have that relationship with Jesus. You've got to have a relationship with him, right? And all of us have to understand that all of us are sinners. And when I say sinners, it means we've all fallen short of God's glory, that God is, let's be give you a picture of God. God is perfect, right? God is just. He's almighty. He's holy. He's uh, glorious in all his ways. He's perfect. He's sinless. And, and so we have this purity of God, who he is, and he's far removed. And you and I are, are not. We're sinners. We're broken people, every one of us, if we're honest. And so there's a great gap between us and God. There's no way you and I can approach a holy just perfect God because we're sinners and he's perfect in all his ways. And the only way we can approach God is to be like him, be perfect and we're not. So we're stuck in our way and there's no way we can come to him. There's no way we can get close to him because there's a gap between us. And it's a massive gap between us. And God knows this. 
So what did God do? He came to fix the problem because he sent his son Jesus from heaven to this earth. Jesus left all the glories of heaven and he came down and he took on the form of a human being, came as a baby. That's what we celebrate Christmas about. He grew up to be a man and then he grew up to be a man. He went to the cross. And on that cross, so important that God placed all of your sins, all those things that separate you and I God, from God, all those things that are in that big gap between us and God, he placed them upon Jesus. And then Jesus died, and he paid for all those sins. He paid for your sins. He was your substitute. He died on the cross for you. So now you and I have the ability to approach a holy, just, righteous, perfect God, even though I'm a sinner. And the only way I can do that is to come the way that he has provided. He's only provided one way, is through his son, Jesus, who died on the cross for your sins. He paid the penalty for your sins. He paid for you. And so you come to him and you say, God, I know I'm a sinner. We're all sinners. I'm a sinner. We're all sinners. Come, I know I'm a sinner. And I know that Jesus Christ is the son of God, that he's God, and that he died on the cross for my sins. Amen? And I come and I say, I accept that finished work of what Jesus did on the cross for me, that he died on the cross for me. I accept that by faith. And right now, I put my faith and my trust in Jesus for forgiveness of sins. The Bible said it's by grace, through God's grace, that you've been saved through faith. And all you do is say, God, I understand who he is and what you've done for me. And now I accept Christ as my Savior. If you've never done that today, that's the first step. That's the first step. In order to allow God to speak into your life, you've got to start there. Have a relationship with him, right? So just come and say, I, I, I know I'm a sinner, and I know that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins. And today, I accept him as my Savior, that he died for me. I put my faith and trust. If you have any questions about that, please see me after the service. That's the most important thing you can do. That, cha that decides where you will spend eternity. It's with him or apart from him. It's with Christ. What do you do with Jesus Christ? For all of us who know Jesus Christ as your Savior, and I look out, I can't imagine what might be some of the fears and the difficulties and the storms that you might be going through. I can't imagine. But I can't imagine and know the work of Christ and what he can do in each one of the situations that you're in today. All we have to do is surrender it to him. He will enter into it with you to understand that Jesus is fully enough. Do you believe that? Amen? That he's fully enough, that he, he's what you need, and he will speak into it. And it's my prayer for every one of you that are here today, that you're reminded of John and this man where Jesus came to this, the man with leprosy, and he came to them, says, do not be afraid, and he touched them. And he helped them in their time of need. Helped them right where they're at. He says, do not be afraid. And, and he trusts them to put your faith and trust in Jesus and, and surrender whatever is going on in your life today, whatever it is, whatever fear you may have, whatever circumstance you have, that we come this morning and say, I need to surrender it to Jesus. What is it that you have that this morning you come and just say, Jesus, take my circumstance, take my circumstance, take it today, that I believe that you're fully enough and I want you to speak into my life to give me wisdom, discernment, to what I need to do the next step. Maybe you need to do that this morning by surrendering. Maybe it's by, as we're singing the next song, you need to come up here and just surrender it with you and your family or whatever you need to do by yourself. Or come to the front chairs or by your seat, just kneel and do that by your seat as we're singing the next song. The next song is I Surrender. What a great song for that. That we just come and we surrender and say, God, I can't do this on my own. You weren't... Ask. God never meant for you to live this life on your own. Because there's things that come in our life all the time that are bigger than you and I, and we're overwhelmed, and we need God's help. And he says, surrender it to me. 
and I promise to enter into it with you. I promise I'm all that you need, and I promise I'll speak directly into your problem and help you with it every step of the way that he comes. But we have to invite him in. And if you have not surrendered it to him, if you're not giving it to him, please do that today, and I want to give you an opportunity, okay? Amen? Let's pray. Lord, you come this morning, we thank you so much, for you are a big, big, big God, and there is no one like you. For you created the heavens and the earth and everything we see by your powerful word. That's the power of God. That's your power, God, and there's no one like you. So now, Lord, with our problems, no matter how big it looks in our hearts and minds, no matter how big we think it is, to a big God, it's small. And, Lord, you're able to take care of it. You're able to handle it. No matter what problems, if we add up all the problems in this room to the maximum, God, it's no big deal to you. You can handle them. And you care for us, and you want to help us. You have the power and the strength to do it. Lord, I pray that we are uh, humble enough to surrender them to you this morning. That we give them to you and say, God, here's my problem. Here's my fears that I have. You don't promise to take them away. You don't promise to take the storm away. You can calm it. You have the power and ability to do it. But many times, Lord, you want us to trust you as you take us right through the storms, right through the fear, that we trust. We can have your peace of mind, that you promise to give us wisdom, knowledge, and understanding as we go through it, to guide and direct our lives. And I pray that for each person here. I pray, Lord, for, for any of us that, that don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, convict us, Lord, this morning, that we're sinners. All of us are sinners in need of a Savior. We're in need of Jesus. We desperately need Jesus. That's why he came to die on the cross for our sins, and we realize that. And this morning, if we don't know Christ, Lord, I pray for a soul that we put our faith and trust in Jesus for forgiveness of sins. I pray for each person here that doesn't know you. I pray for all of us, Lord, as we come in our lives. Lord, none of us here have arrived and everything's just going well all the time. We all have struggles. As we humble ourselves, Lord, let us just yield our, give you our fears, difficulties, the storms that we're facing on our jobs, and our relationships, health-wise, whatever it may be, that we just surrender to you. And Lord, we ask that you would enter into it with us. We, we acknowledge that you're all that we need and you're fully enough. And Lord, we ask you to speak directly into our lives, into our circumstance this morning. We surrender to you. We ask for your help. We desperately need you, Jesus. And Lord, we promise that what happens in our life, that we will give you all the glory, all the praise. We will speak about what you did in our lives. We will not take the credit. We acknowledge that you are God and we are not. And you have the power, we don't, but we need you. We need you. So Lord, as we sing this next song, I surrender. Lord, I pray that we truly in our hearts and our minds humble ourselves and surrender to you, to who you are and all your glory. And be like John as he saw that picture of Jesus and all of his glory and all your glory and all your magnificence. In all your holiness, Lord, we fall down and just surrender to you. Amen. And we come to us, say, speak into our lives and help us where we're at. Lord, I pray for your blessing upon us. And Lord, as we surrender to you, we ask all this in Jesus' name.